Tonight we are going to be uh, in the book of John, the one of the Gospels, and uh, so John chapter 14, and we are going to see a verse 1 to verse verse 14. So, let's start reading it. John chapter 14, verse 1 to 14. Let your heart, hearts be, let's not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many wombs. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and and it is enough for us. Jesus told him, Have I been with you so long, and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father, and the Father is in me? I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or else believe on account of the words, of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much tonight for the opportunity just to share your word which is the only hope that we have today. And Lord, we thank you for the people that are already here being so hungry just to, uh, to study your word. And, and Lord, we know that there are so many also watching lives and uh, we pray that you would, uh, you would bless them, you would uh, speak to them. And Lord, I pray that you would use us as we stand right here and we do not want to say anything that will not please you because anything that we want to do, anything that we want to say, we want, we want to do it and we want to say it according to your word. And Father, we pray that uh, this study tonight uh, is going to really be a blessing to the people, not only here, the people that will have a chance just to hear the Gospel of John. Lord, just to see how you are working in the heart of the disciple, to see, Lord, how you are giving them hope, how you are giving them insurance. And today, that same insurance is ours. Lord, I pray that uh, tonight, as we all gather together, and just, uh, just remind us, Lord, that we have a place that is preparing for us. Lord, I count on you for your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, uh, John chapter 14 
And uh, tonight we are going to really focus on Jesus, the promise keeper. Or we can say the promises keeper. So the word promise has a, has a definition. The word promise is a declaration or assurance that one will do a particular thing. So in our society today, we see so many people making promises and government making promises and uh, organization making promises. And even we as believers, we make so many promises, but I want to let you know that so many of these promises, can, we, we cannot keep them for some of the reason. And uh, maybe because of the way the world is going today. And we may have some problem. And we may say, hey, we are going to Haiti. But just, just think that, you know, for some of the people who are probably traveling, a, I mean, in the world who bought the ticket maybe six months ago. And to say to someone, either in Haiti or Israel, so we are going to have a VBS, we are going to have this and that, that is a promise. You would love to keep it, but you really can't keep it. So there may be so many reasons why and, uh, we, 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 we made some promises, and it's hard just to keep up. And so men's promises are not sure. So we are going to see tonight, there's only one man we know for sure that his promises are sure. And his name is Jesus. So the world is dying today for the insurance. The world is looking for promises. They're looking for peace. At this time, you know, the world would, would love to have someone who could tell them how it's going to be tomorrow. After, you know, two months, how is that going to be? What's going to happen? But really, there is no one who can say. And somebody may even tempt to say, this is how it's going to be, like the coronavirus. So many people are talking about it. Oh, it's going to be worse. It's going to be, everything is going to be fine. But well, no one, no one really know. But there is only one man. When he says something, we can know for sure that he's, he's not going to change his mind. He's going to keep his promise. Is Jesus Christ. So sometimes we, we cannot keep our promises. As I said, it's because of the circumstances. And when we look at Peter, eh, so he made a promise to Jesus Christ. And uh, before Jesus went to heaven, I mean, He's been with the disciple. He's been with Peter. He's been with all of them. They had fun and they shared so many things. They've been taught by Jesus Christ. And here is Jesus. He's, he's planning just to go to heaven. And he's telling, hey, guys, <laughs> so soon I'm not going to be with you. And uh, so some of them did not receive it well because it's like, you know, no matter, no matter what would happen, Peter answered, said, Lord, I'm going to be with you, no matter what's going on. So when you go to Matthew chapter 26, and uh, in uh, verse 31 to 39, and it says, Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered, answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. And Jesus said in verse 34, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three time. So Peter's heart is, Lord, I want to be with you. Lord, no matter what, I am going to stand with you. And his heart was right. And this is 
this is what I'm saying. It's like even though we as Christians, there are promises we can't keep and our promises are not sure. That's because there may be things coming up and we cannot do what we promised to some of the people. And so, yes, Peter wanted to do that. And look what happened in Luke chapter 22, 54. Hey, they arrested Jesus Christ. And here is Jesus carrying the cross. And Peter was right there. He wanted to keep his promise. There he was. And... uh, he, uh, he was among the people watching Jesus, watching how they've been, they've been mistreated uh, Jesus Christ. And uh, when you look at in uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 54, 62, uh, and 54, 62, then that says him, and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, this man also was with him, and, but he denied, that, that is Peter, he denied saying, woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not, I'm not. Verse 59, and after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the Worcester quote, And the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered, the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the Worcester quote today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. So, our heart many times are right. But life, this world, the pressure of this world, really can change so many things that we plan. So, again, Peter could not keep his promise. And Jesus knew that. Jesus knew he is the only one who can keep his promises. And, but Peter did not know. Because Peter, it, it's hard just to, to, to think about how it's going to be tomorrow. And that's the hard part for us to even think about how it's going to be tomorrow. Like today, we are, all, we are all seeing what is going on. But we would like to know what is going to happen tomorrow. But only Jesus Christ knows what's going to happen. But after a while, we are going to show you something that's going to really help you. So, how many of us fell many times? As we are walking with the Lord, and we promise him not to look behind, not to go back into the darkness, not to go back in, into the old way style that we left to come to know Jesus Christ. And we fell many times. I get it. That is why we, we are here to study the word of God. Because when we fell, God is ready just to restore us. And that's a good thing we have. That's a good thing to know. Do not focus on you being on the ground because you miss it. But let's stand up and continue walking with the Lord. Because he's ready, he has his arm ready just to embrace you again. 
So how many times should we know for sure that the restoration is for sure? This is in God's hand. How many times we don't know? So I want to tell you that there is only one promise. There is only one man. When he make his promise, he will keep it. And his promise will never fail. And his name is Jesus. He will not change his mind after promising you something. And if we look at the, the promise of salvation, this is a sure assurance. And we sing that song, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. We sing it. So the salvation is a sure assurance that you have and when you come to know the Lord. And that is why you, you're sitting here. You would not come if you did not know for sure that not only you are saved, but you are going to heaven. That's why you are here. Ah, the bed and sitting in, you know, in the couch watching TV. That's, that would be fun with popcorn. Ah, that's, that's would be, that, that would be nice. But you are here tonight because you are saved. You know the importance of studying God's word. And you want to feed yourself. And that's why you are here. So, there is nothing for you to fear, my friend. Because Jesus Christ will not change his promises. The promise that we, we have is, as soon as someone accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you have the eternal life. You know for sure you are going to live with Jesus Christ. So how, so how do I know that Jesus' promises are for sure? I know that. Because the Bible says so. I know for sure that from Genesis to Revelations, it's God's word. In uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. From Genesis to Revelation, we know it is all God's breath. That's mean, even though we have many authors who wrote the book, I mean the Bible, but they've been all inspired by God. So we know that all the promises we find in, in, in the Bible are for sure. So, the text we have in front of us tonight, John chapter 14, Jesus' word is, he's just comforting the disciple. He's just comforting them because, you know, it's hard for them just to understand what Jesus was really talking about. So, Jesus is going to give them the assurance that one day they are going to be with him in heaven. So this is a sure promise. So in chapter 14, it is the continuation of chapter 13, the conversation that Jesus had with, uh, with Peter and some other disciples. So Jesus is going to leave them, and uh, it is very hard for them. They have questions. So verse 1 to verse 3. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many wombs. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. Believe in God. Believe in me. Guys, I want to tell you, I mean, Jesus talking to Peter, talking to them. Hey, I want to let you know that. 
I am on a mission for you. I came to this earth to restore you. I came to this earth so I, I would die for you. I came to this earth so I can have you back to have a great relationship with God. And so on this earth, my mission is over. But there is one more thing that I need to do for you. I'm not going to enjoy heaven myself. You are the children of God. And my mission was to get you back. Having a good relationship with God. I want to let you know that the mission that I have right now, after leaving this earth, that I'm going to heaven. I'm going to prepare you a place. So Jesus is on a mission, not only for the disciple. He's on a mission for you and I, my friend. He is walking just as we're talking right now. I don't know how he is, he's, what he's done so far. But he's walking. And, uh, so, and he promised that he will come back just to get us. So why is Jesus is coming back to get us? The reason is because this world is not ours. This world is not our home. And if we would have to stay and live in this world, I don't know how we would do it. I don't know. That's why I'm not worried for tomorrow. I don't care about tomorrow. The only thing, the only thing that I worry for, my friend, is when Jesus is coming back. Because what is going on today, I know it was going to happen. This is for sure. And this is part of the prophecy. We know that as we're studying the word of God. So one thing that I want to focus on, when is going to be my trip to heaven? When am I going to hear the trumpet? Hey, and they will say, Basia, come up. The church in Appleton, let's go. All the churches in the world, those that are saved, let's go. Let's have a party together. Let's go and meet our Jesus Christ. You know one thing? I would love to have the chance to see the world behind me. I would love to see. I mean, just, just love to see, I mean, all the headache, all the problem that will come after the COVID-19. Because this is nothing compared to what the Bible is talking about, guys. This is nothing. What we're seeing today is nothing. But the, the, don't worry. Our Lord is coming back. And the good thing, the good thing that I want you to know, the great tribulation is going to be worse. And praise God, we are not going to see that. We're going to be in heaven before that. So, he is on a, on a mission. So, he is coming back. This world is not our world. So, there is nothing good in this world for the world to offer us. Nothing good. This generation, I mean, I'm seeing so many things. If you watch the news all over the world, you will see that earthquake all over. If it's not earthquake, it's cholera. So many people die. I've seen in Haiti people who had a lot of money, who had a big business. And they lost everything in less than 10 minutes. So, why should we, I mean, think about staying here? All we need to think of is just to go home. Because heaven is our home. This world is not our home. The world has nothing to offer us. So, one thing that I would like to make sure, one thing I would like you just to do tonight, just to think about every day, 
check to see if your name is on the list. That's what you need to do. When we are preparing for a flight, what do we do? We, we buy our ticket and we check online to see if the flight is still available. Why do we do that? That's because we don't know for sure. They may change the flight. But the flight to heaven, I don't know how it's going to be, but it's not going to be canceled. We know for sure it's going to happen. But what we need to do is just check our name. Let's make sure that our name is on the list of those that are going to meet Jesus Christ. That's what we need to really work on. And in verse 3, it says that, And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will come again and will take you myself. Wow, Jesus is coming back to take us himself. So why is that going to happen? We're going to see soon. It's not going to happen in America. There is no, I mean, it's not going to happen, you know, in Haiti. It's going, it's going to happen. We're going to see that very soon in the air. That's where we are going to be. Well, I would like you. If you would throw a rock in the air, what's going to happen with it? It's going to fall on the ground. And how is that going to happen? When we go and meet Jesus Christ, we will see that very soon. So Jesus himself promised to come and receive us to go to the place that he is preparing for us. So how is that going to happen? But first, let's say that a salvation is the ticket to fly with Jesus Christ. So, we are going to meet Jesus. The first thing we need to make sure that we have when we need to fly is what? Is to get our money to buy the ticket. Right? That's what we need to do. The good news, you don't need to have any money to buy salvation. So salvation is free. So for anyone who wants to go to heaven with Jesus Christ, it's a free trip. You don't have to pay any money. The only thing, you need to make a reservation. <laughs> you need to make the reservation. So how can you do that? All you need to do is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And as soon as you do that, your name is on the list of those who's going to meet Jesus in the air. That's what you need to do. So we just need to prepare for that trip. So again, how is that going to happen? First, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. I know you are used to this, to this scripture, but... Let's, it's, it's, let's see how we can, uh, let's go and look at it together. First Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, verse 13 to uh, uh, 18. 13 to 18. But we do not want you to be But we do not want you to be informed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen a slip. Verse 15. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself, again, we see that, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with 
a cry of command with the voice of a, an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ realize first, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Wow. Should I believe this scripture? This part of the scripture? First Thessalonians? Yes, I can believe it. Why? Because the whole Bible is God's breath. So, this is for sure that Jesus Christ is coming back. And he is coming back to receive us. To go to heaven. So, it says that the same way he descended, that's the same way he is coming back to get us. So, I can't wait for that. We are going to cut up, and we call that the rapture. And we are going to meet him. For the first time, we are going to see Jesus face to face. But there is one thing I'm really looking for. I'm looking for when I see Jesus, I will just bow down. I will worship him. That's what I want to do. Because I'm worshiping him right now, but I can't see him. Just imagine for the first time, I will see Jesus. I will see him face to face. Sometimes I, I could hear him talking, but I cannot see him. But for the first time, I'm going to see him. And I may, probably, I, I may be like Thomas. Lord, I want to see your hand. I want to see all the bidding. I want to see all the scars. I want to see that. And that will make me love him more. So, so many people probably think about how the trip is going to happen. How is the trip is going to happen? I mean, how long the trip is going to be? In, I mean, how many hours? I mean, things like that. But, but the Bible made it clear is we're going to cut up. It's like you close your eyes, you open it, here you are with the Lord. So there is no fear. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering how it's going to be. How it is going to be, I mean, when I meet Jesus Christ face to face, and what will happen? Because Jesus cried one time that I, that I know when Lazarus died, but I may be crying too. Maybe he, prob he probably will cry too. Because that type of crying will not be because we're so sad. That's because we are so joyful. That's because we were looking to see each other so badly. And uh, here we are. Lord, we made it. We made it through coronavirus. We made it to all that is going on into the world. We finally be with you. Lord, no more crying. Lord, no more, no, no more sickness. No more sickness. Lord, finally we are going to, to be with you forever and ever. That's, that's what I'm concerned about. Not about how long the trip is going to be. Not about, I mean, you know, is it going to be on an airplane? How is it going to be? All I want to make sure that, that I am saved. When I check the list of those that are going to heaven, my name is there. And all I need to do is to wait for. There's one thing that I don't want you guys just to, to do. I don't want your name to be on standby. <laughs> Buy your own ticket. And know for sure that you have a seat. That's what I want. You know, on standby, you know, you, know, you know what that is. I mean, you know, you, you are in the airport. You are waiting for someone not to show up. So you might flight. How about if the whole plane is full? You're missing. You're staying behind. Do not be, I don't want you to be on standby. I want you 
to have your ticket and check the list, making sure that your name is on the list. And we are waiting for our Lord Jesus Christ to come. That's what we need to do. So let us be comforted with this word. Tonight, that's what I would like. I would like you to go home knowing that we don't have to worry about what is going on in this world. We cannot change what is happening, and we can never change it, and it's going to be worse. I mean, what we need to do is just to pray for those that are not saved so they might come to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. That's what we need to pray for. Let's pray that we, they can get out of the world. They, can, they might come. They can be one day, they may be sitting here or watching, you know, a live stream. So they might love the Lord, accept him as Lord and Savior the same way we are doing it. In verse 4, And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I would underline that. Except through me. There won't be any shortcut. It has to be straight through Jesus Christ. It's not going to be, I have a friend there. It's not going to be that way. It's going to be, I mean, you know, you cannot go around. Jesus is going to be there. You're going to walk straight to him. That's how it's going to be. So, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. That's what I would love to know. As long as I know it, I'll be fine. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has been, whoever has seen me, has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Verse 10, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe an account of the works themselves or evidence. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you know the way to where I am going. Some I say that I don't, I don't know. We do not know where you are going. And Jesus said, hey, let me tell you something. I am the way, the truth. And the life. What else do you need? Jesus is all that you need. That's all we need. I mean, today we don't have to think about any of the stuff, anything that don't let your heart be trouble. That's what Jesus. That that's 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 the topic. Jesus is really is trying to comfort them. I mean. Don't, don't worry, guys. Don't worry. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I want you to know for sure this is a promise. I will come back and receive you. Know that I am the way, the truth, and the life. I know that you would love, you want to live. You love to have life. I am the truth. I am the way. So Jesus is all that we need. So salvation, because I said that there, there is no shortcut. So salvation is by grace alone. That's why I said earlier that we don't have to buy salvation. It is by grace alone, through faith. 
No works including when it's come to salvation. So, salvation is very important. And that is the best decision you could ever make. To accept Jesus Christ in your life. I know, getting married is a good day. And you don't want to forget that. I know that having your first child is, is great. But the day that you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior is greater. And that's, that we should not forget it. We should always remember that. The day that we came out of darkness and see the light for the first time. The day that the Lord got us out of the, of the nightclub. He got us out of the darkness and we, we are, we are in the light. Jesus is shining on us every day, every time we open the Bible. It's like we're seeing the light. We, we, are, we are being fed by his word. And he said that no one comes unto the Father but by me. There is no way. You can go to heaven then through Jesus Christ. There is no shortcut. We use shortcut in so many things, in so many, I mean so many ways. I mean there may be a line we try to sneak in. And so you know, we were the last one who tried to be the third one. You are making the food and the recipe says you should do this, you should do that. I say, I can get by without that. But my friend, let me tell you, going to heaven is only through Jesus Christ. If you want to go to heaven, and that is for those that are not saved yet, if you want to go to heaven, there is only one thing you can do. Tonight, or whenever you, you are listening to this message, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Say, Lord, I am tired of what I'm going through in this world. I cannot do it anymore on my own. I need, I need you. I need you every day. I want to give my life to you. That I might be saved. And that's all you need to do. So, there is no shortcut. In verse 7, if you had known... Me, you would have known my father also. For now on, you do know himself and have seen him. So, in John, in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave, he gave his only son. Why did he do that? So you and I could be here tonight. And that's, that's the only way you and I could be here tonight. It's because there was a man, his name is Jesus Christ. He came and died for you and I. That's, that's how we are here. There was no other way we could be here. It is only through Jesus Christ. So, Jesus' mission is to get us back to the perfect relationship with God. So in verse 8, it says that Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough. That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. Is I only want to just, just to, see, to see the Father. I have one thing that I want to say. That is almost very similar like what Philip has said. Lord, I want to see you. I could understand that. I could understand Philip. I mean, Philip wanted just to see the Father because Jesus Christ, his mission was to get us back to God. That was his mission. We're going to meet Jesus Christ in the air so we can go Straight to the Father. So, that is his mission. He wanted 
us just to get back to have a perfect relationship with God. And so, show us the Father. And what did Jesus say? Jesus, Jesus talked about, hey, Jesus said, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Now, we can think about the Trinity. I mean, Jesus is saying, that, hey, I am God. I want you to know that this same person who is talking to you, that's God. I am God also. So, we have the Trinity, and the Trinity is one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The question is, how come God is spirit, and we have the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ is a man? So, how is that? So, hold on. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 1. It says that in the beginning was, was the word. And the word was with God. The word was God. So, to understand verse 1, let's go to verse 14. It says that, and the word was made flesh. So now, in the beginning, the word was the word, and the word was with God. So what does the word replace here? Jesus Christ. In the beginning, Jesus, we call that the pre-incarnation. Jesus, he was in heaven. He was God. He was with God. And the word was God. And what happened? He became flesh. To live among us because that's how we, I mean, for John 3.16 to happen, Jesus Christ had to, be, had to become flesh. And so, this is how we can explain the Trinity. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, there is the pre-incarnation and the incarnation. John, John 1.1 is the pre-incarnation and verse 14 is the incarnation. So, so it is God the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. So, very important. The word I said to you, verse 10, the word, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The word that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Wow. That's really got me. I, I, I don't say thing outside of God's will. That's what Jesus, because Jesus wanted to make sure that they understand that he, is, he was on a mission and he was on a mission for God. Today, we are all on a mission. We are on a mission for Jesus Christ. The church is not our church. The church in Appleton is not Pastor Dwight. The church in Appleton, the people that are here, you are all God's people. So, yes, we are going to speak the word with authority, but not with our own authority. It's going to be the authority of Jesus Christ because that same authority that God gave to Jesus Christ, he gave it to all the disciples and passed it on. We all have it. We all have the Holy Spirit living in us. And we, we, we're going to see the word of God is so powerful and we can do amazing things with the word of God. So Jesus, on a mission for his father, he, he spoke not on his own authority. In Matthew 28, 18, he said, all authority has been given, has been given unto me. So, yes, he had the authority. And what happened? When he was sending the disciple out, he also gave the disciple the authority. And uh, in Luke chapter 9, verse 1, Jesus also gave 
the, the authority to cast the demons. So, in 1 John 4, verse 1, he said, Dear friend, do not believe every spirit. Okay. We're talking about the authority right now. I mean, when you're speaking the word of God, we need to speak it with authority. So, right there we need to be careful. Because how many people are pretending that they're speaking the word of God with authority? And the word of God, again, tells us that we need to be careful. That's why, guys, it's so important that you stay in the word of God. You study it verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Just feed yourself. In the book of Psalms, it talks about the benefit of someone who stays in, in the word of God. When you meditate on the word of God, you're going to grow spiritually. That's what's going to happen. So you're going to know the word of God, and it's going to help you with, with uh, knowing and understanding First John 4, verse 1, where he says, Dear friend, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. We have so many junk out there, guys. It's, it's so sad to say, but if you are not in the word of God, tell me what, 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 what else are you doing? If you are on the pulpit every Sunday, you are not teaching exactly from the word of God. Just tell me what else you're doing. If Jesus Christ himself, he said that I'm not saying anything outside of the will of God. Anything that I'm saying to you, I want you to know that I have the authority from my father to say. Or just look at the evidence. Look at, look at you know, everything that God has done. So, I need just to run, just to make sure that I'm done. So, we need to do our job as pastors and anyone that who, anyone who is safe. We, you need to do your job. What should you do? You need to study the word of God. It will help you to identify the truth and the lie and the lie. We have a saying at Calvary Chapel, be silent where the Bible is silent. That's mean, wherever we see that in the Bible, there is a blank. Try not to fill it. Because God himself is the one who's going to fill it. Let's leave the blank empty as it is. So we are not being in trouble. If you are to be in trouble as pastors or, the teach, or as, as teachers, go ahead, fill the blank with anything that you want to say. But you know, at Calvary Chapel, we say, let's be silent where the Bible is silent. We have another saying, let's the scripture interpret scriptures. There is nothing wrong, my friend, for me to say that I don't understand. I don't know. If you ask me a question, I will, I will not feel embarrassed. Actually, that will help me. That will help me to study more. That will help me just to, just, just to get myself into the world more, just to find out questions people are asking me. But there's nothing wrong to say, I'm sorry. I don't know the answer. And you would be safe if you would do that. Verse 11 to 14. And we're done. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Whoever believe in me will also do the work that I do. Because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Believe in me. So, the book of Acts we see the story of uh, Paul and Silas, or I can see that. So they were in prison. Here they are in prison, and uh, we have the keeper of the prison 
watching them. And there was an earthquake. And when the earthquake happened, all the doors were open. And the prison keeper was kind of worried. What am I going to do? There's a possibility all the prisoners are gone. And he knows what would happen to him. They would probably put him in prison just to replace the people. And instead, what he was going to do, he was going to kill himself. And Paul said, do not do that to you. We are all here. It's like, I want you to know that God is working on our behalf. And this is the kind of thing that can get you to know the Lord too. That's, what, that's why miracles happen. Miracles happen that those that are watching and see things that they did not think would happen would believe that only God could do it. No one can do miracle. Only God can do miracle. And so, in, uh, so the book, in the book of Acts chapter 16, verse, 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 verse 21, so in, he said one thing to Paul and, and Silas. And so he took them out and said, what must I do to be saved? It's like what I've seen really got me. There is no way I could stop the earthquake to open the door, the doors. I need to accept Jesus. So what should I do? And, and Paul said, hey, just believe in him. Just believe in Jesus Christ. So tonight, that's why we are here. That's because we believe in Jesus, in Jesus Christ. So whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater things. Wow. I mean, Jesus is expecting that we, can, we do even greater things than what he has done. Oh, yes. We are not going to do, in our, do it in our own strength. We are going to do it with the power of Jesus Christ. So, Jesus is going to do it in us. That's what's going to happen. Jesus count on us just to do greater things in the ministry. He expects us just to consider him as the captain of the boat so we can do greater things. When we know that we are living for Jesus Christ, all we do, we do it for Jesus Christ. We can do amazing things. What was Jesus doing? Ah, Jesus was healing the sick. That's what he was doing. Jesus preached to the crowd. He preached to the singles. Jesus taught to the disciple. He went into the synagogue and he, he taught. So, my friend, we have the responsibility to do or continue what Jesus has been doing. And he expects us to do greater things. In our walk with the Lord, we have seen that miracles. When we pray, we see miracles, guys. But we are not the one doing the miracle. But the Lord is using us. For the miracle to happen. So who made it happen? Jesus Christ made it happen. So in our walk with the Lord, when we pray, we are teaching his word from cover to cover. We can see great things. How many times we pray for someone and just for the Lord just to, I mean, to heal him. And it's happened. That's miracle. And so only Jesus Christ could do things like that. So, nowhere else you can find a promise that we know for sure is going to be kept. We can know for sure our promise. The promise is that we read from the Bible. They are true and we can count on the promise of God. My friend, do not worry. 
tonight, the same way Jesus Christ was trying to comfort the disciple, it's the same way we wanted just to comfort you. We wanted just to let you know that we are not supposed to be fed to, to what is going on today. We don't have to worry. Jesus Christ is coming back. This world is not our home. Let's pray every day so that Jesus would come back and we could all go home. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for, for the scripture. And uh, there is no other way we can go to heaven. We know that for sure. And Lord, I don't know what else we would do if we did not have you to comfort us with your word. And uh, every day that we read your word, it's like seeing on the street, we see the Bible is alive. We see all that you've been talking about. And Lord, we know that it's going to be worse. It's, you know, instead of hoping for, for changes in this world, we know that it's going to be worse. All that, Lord, we're praying for. We're praying that, Lord, you would, uh, you just, you would just keep us, Lord, in, uh, you know, safe, waiting to go with you. And Lord, I pray that for the families at Calvary Chapel or those and those who are watching right now, just bless them, Lord, and just comfort them. Just uh, help them just to get through all that is going on and help them just to focus on you and you alone. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Just to do greater thing in the ministry. He expects us just to consider him as the captain of the boat so we can do greater things. When we know that we are living for Jesus Christ, all we do, we do it for Jesus Christ. We can do amazing things. What was Jesus doing? Ah, Jesus was healing the sick. That's what he was doing. Jesus preached to the crowd. He preached to the singles. Jesus taught to the disciple. He went into the synagogue and he, he taught. So my friend, we have the responsibility to do or continue what Jesus has been doing. And he expects us to do greater things. In our walk with the Lord, we have seen that miracles. When we pray, we see miracles, guys. But we are not the one doing the miracle. But the Lord is using us for the miracle to happen. So who made it happen? Jesus Christ made it happen. So in our walk with the Lord, when we pray, we are teaching his word from cover to cover. We can see great things. How many times we pray for someone and just for the Lord just to, I mean, to heal him. And it's happened. That's a miracle. And so only Jesus Christ could do things like that. So... Nowhere else you can find a promise that we know for sure is going to be kept. We can know for sure our promise. The promise is that we read from the Bible. They are true and we can count on the promise of God. My friend, do not worry. Tonight, the same way Jesus Christ was trying to comfort the disciple, it's the same way we wanted just to comfort you. We wanted just to let you know that we are not supposed to be fed to, to what is going on today. We don't have to worry. Jesus Christ is coming back. This world is not our home. Let's pray every day so that Jesus would come back and we could all go home. Let's pray. 
Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for, for the scripture. And uh, there is no other way we can go to heaven. We know that for sure. And Lord, I don't know what else we would do if we did not have you to come forward with your word. And uh, every day that we read your word, it's like seeing on the street, we see the Bible is alive. We see all that you've been talking about. And Lord, we know that it's going to be worse. It's, you know, instead of hoping for, for changes in this world, we know that it's going to be worse. All that, Lord, we're praying for. We're praying that, Lord, you would, uh, you just, you would just keep us, Lord, in, uh, you know, safe, waiting to go with you. And Lord, I pray that for the families at Calvary Chapel or those and those who are watching right now, just bless them, Lord, and just comfort them. Just uh, help them just to get through all that is going on and help them just to focus on you and you alone. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.